Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. Matt, what is it we do here on Finest Work Songs? Here on Finest Work Songs, we love to talk about classic albums. Just break them down and talk about what makes them great and what makes us love them so much. One thing we also love to do on here on Finest Work Songs is a segment where we get to read a real genuine, legit email that comes to us from the Finest Work fans. So this is another installment of Kenny Gmail. This email comes to us in reference to our Anderson Pock Ventura epipod. Oh, nice. It comes from Gerard Black, Salinas777 at AOL.com. Holding down the forward over there at AOL. Gerard writes, well done. Argumentative, informative, acute. I'll probably add this website to my list of trustworthy websites with compacom.com on top, which is not the name of our website, but... Well, I guess he's putting on I'll top. I'll take praise anyway. it comes. Yeah. What was that website again? Compacom.com. C-O-M-P-A-C-O-M.com. Why am I always the one who's I'm good with that. looking them up? Here we go. Ooh, okay. Payday loans. Okay. Installment loans. Sure. Personal loans. Junk removal. Junk removal? Yep. If we need to give you something or take something, that's what we do here I at Compacom. I like that. Thanks to our sponsor, Junk Removal. <laughs> Compacom. <laughs> we'll come get your junk. Thanks to Gerard Black for that heartfelt, yeah. warm email, yeah. personal. <laughs> Always love hearing from the fans. Thanks for sending in those emails. Speaking of fans who become guests, who become family. Oh. Who's with us today? Troy Fairbank is back with us. Welcome, Troy. Thank you. So last time Troy was with us, Dookie. We also talked about the Green Day album <laughs> in the same name. <laughs> we had so much fun. We were yes. like, we got to get them right back. 30 episodes later, we finally have a bag. It He's a, a busy guy. He is busy. It's yeah. right on time. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, Troy, thank you for joining us today. Thank you all for inviting me. What album are we going to be talking about today, Troy? Today we're talking about August and Everything After by Counting Crows. Well, here on Finest Work Songs, we always like to begin with our memories. So, Troy, what is your memory of Counting Crows, August and Everything After? This album came out in late 1993. I was a junior in high school. I remember hearing Mr. Jones a lot, and I thought it was okay. But when I heard Round Here, that's when I was like, oh, I like this. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I'm listening to Pearl Jam, Nirvana, all that grungy alternative stuff. This was different from everything else that was out there, but once I got the album and listened through it, it had a permanent spot in my six-disc changer in my Chevy S10. You know, in high school, through college, and even like now, so many years later, it's just an album that I've always been able to listen to start to finish. There's not really anything that I skip through. Well, there's one thing I skip through when I listen to it, but... That's perfect. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> we can talk about that later. I've always liked it. I liked every song. I just enjoy hearing it, and I feel like I enjoy it as much now as I did the first time I heard it. The instrumentation was different than what I was hearing at that time. It had a more rootsy sound. You're hearing accordions and mandolins are thrown in there. So musically, I liked that style of music, but his lyrics. Mm-hmm. The first time I heard it, I don't really know exactly what is he talking about, but mm-hmm. the more you listen to it, and the more I understand, like, oh, this is, like, perfect for 
a 16-year-old kid mm-hmm. who is about to finish high school, changes going on in your life. There's relationships that are, and people in your life that come and go. And, and all of a sudden you're just trying to figure out what do I make of all these changes? What do I, what am I going to do with my life? Not that that was a, a struggle, you know, to consider, but you're growing up and part of your life is ending in a certain way. And part mm-hmm. of a life is you're beginning a new chapter. So I feel like all the songs on here, is kind of a common thread of just changes in your life. And that's mm-hmm what speaks to me about it. Matt, what about you? I remember hearing Mr. Jones and just immediately falling in love with that song and recognizing the pop impact that that it's just a, such a catchy pop song. But to your point, Troy, like, you know, lyrically, I mean, you're following along this storyline. You know, there's the, you know, the line of, um, show me some say, of that Spanish dancing. That, that's probably it. <laughs> the, you know, the line towards the end is like, we stare at the beautiful women. She's perfect for you, man. There's got to be somebody for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, being this shy, awkward teenager, so unsure about love yeah. and life. I mean, I could have written that. So I think that's how it spoke to me was you know, here's this huge hit song and he's got a line in there like that. But then also the dreadlocks yeah. you know you see the band and yeah. there's these like five normal dudes and then there's adam duritz with the dreadlocks and you're like who is this band and musically and even you know aesthetically they just kind of seem to be a break from the mold in a yeah. lot of ways yeah what about you matt what's your memory of counting crows matt have i ever told you that i have magical powers no it deals with the elements we'll get to it okay my little sister and i our parents died oh, tragically yeah. in a boating accident and we were left all alone. I had accidentally hurt her with my magical powers. Almost killed her. And <laughs> oh my God. are you familiar? No, I mean, it's, it's tragic. Yeah, it's sad. sad. It's really sad. Laughing over there. The defense mechanism, I laugh when I'm really, really sad. sad. Okay. You know, like any other normal human, yeah. when our parents died, I broke off all contact with my sister. Sure. And just refused to acknowledge her, really, mm-hmm. or play with her or anything. Gave her the cold shoulder. Exactly. Oh. Troy gets it. Troy gets it. <laughs> so anyway, you know, about 12 years later, yeah. she still wants to hang out. So we became friends, and we're about to have this really big party when I lost control again of my magical powers. Mm. It had to do with, like, ice. Sure. And snow, mm-hmm. right? Informer. Informer. <laughs> Yeah, He performed at your party? Yeah, he was there. <laughs> so at the party, my sister, Anna, had fallen in love with this dude, like, overnight. You know, we make rash decisions in my family. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Like, <laughs> Man. <laughs> you know, I'm done with you 12 years later, you know. Yep. I met you. I'm falling in love with you. But I told her that she couldn't marry this guy that she just met. It seems like, like good sisterly advice, brotherly yeah. advice. Yeah, I was a good sibling. I'm a good brother. Yeah. <laughs> Despite years of shunning. Yeah. So I go and I get a little cottage on the mountain. My sister tries to come and get me off the mountain, get me to come back and fix the mistakes that I had made. Turns out that her new fiance was trying to murder her. Oh, wow. And me. And I was like, Anna, can't you begin to change your mind? It was at that point he was about to murder that her fiance was just like, oh, Anna begins have you heard that lovely romantic song we were going to dance to that at our wedding <laughs> oh man and we hadn't heard the song but you know the wedding was off because of the impending murder sure i yeah. discovered this album that way story gives me chills 
That's a memory that's just frozen in time for you. Mm-hmm. Time and time again. Mm. Yep. <laughs> but after you rescued the, your sister from that horrible arrangement yeah. you know, with that guy and the spring comes around, then after a while, there's probably just a really big summer blowout. Yeah. Yeah. The guy selling the stuff is like, big summer blowout in the store. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Just, You're killing it over I'm there. I'm killing it today. <laughs> Man. God. I really didn't get it. I'm gonna bring in a watermelon and smash it. I feel like Gallagher or something. Oh my gosh! All right, August and everything after begins with round here. It's about the front door, like a ghost into a fog where no one notices the contrast of white on white. In between the moon and you, angels get a better view of the crumbling difference between wrong and right. Well, I walk in the air between the rain, through myself and back again where I don't know. Maria says she's dying through the door. I hear her crying why I don't know. Round here, we always stand up straight. Round here, something radiates. Maria came from Nashville with a suitcase in her hand. She says she'd like to meet a boy who looks like Elvis. She walks along the edge of where the ocean meets the land, just like she's walking on a wire. Troy, this is the track. This yeah. is the one that jumped out at you. Yeah. That guitar intro. And then just the first line. Step out the front door like a ghost into the fog where no one notices the contrast between white on white. That mm-hmm. is like incredible to me. Grabs you. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. You totally understand. I did. What he's saying. It's like, do people notice me? How he says that. I just thought it was great. The way his voice cracks, um, it's not smooth, it's not silky. Yeah. You feel it. He is a singer, songwriter to me, and that's what I love. And yes, mm-hmm. it's the Counting Crows, but it's really him. He's written all this. They started coffee shops. No way. I know, right? <laughs> Early 90s coffee shops? Seriously? Yeah. yeah. But you could totally see him, and it said he gained quite a following, and you can also see that. Yeah. You know, if Adam Duritz, that hair and this voice and those poetic lyrics, yeah. I have one problem with this song, the bridge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like the funky bridge yeah. in the sense that it's a fun bridge, but it's also like every other song from that era. A funk. Oh, yeah. It just does <laughs> yeah. not fit. Listen to this. And- Edie Brickell and the New <laughs> Bohemians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have a theory. This is an older song from his former band, the Himalayans. Yes. So here's the original version. Yeah, she knows she's more than just a little misunderstood. She has trouble acting normal when she's nervous. Around here, we're carving out our names. Around here. 
apparently the Himalayans were Adam Duritz. The backing band was Bush. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. That sounds like a cool cover of right. what the original song, yeah. to me, is the album version. Yeah. It's, just, it's cool, but well, on the album is, to me, how it should sound. Uh, yeah. But that's my theory is that they had something in the back of their head mm-hmm. that allowed them to come up with a ridiculous bridge like yeah. they did. Yeah. If you started from scratch, it's hard to think that you would come up with that wah pedal bridge. Yeah. Right. Next song on the album is Omaha. Our meetings. <laughs> Start tearing the old man down. Run past the heather and down to the old road. Start turning the grain into the ground. Roll a new leaf over. In the middle of the night, there's an old man shredding around in the gathering rain. Hey, mister, if you're gonna walk on water, oh, could you drop a line my way? Somewhere in middle America You've right to the heart of matters It's a heart that matters more Think you better turn your ticket in Get your money back at the door This is one of those songs I've never really been able to figure out what it means, mm-hmm. you know, and sort of reading up on it. I don't think this is legit at all. I think this is someone who's put way too much thought into it. Mm-hmm. But there's a website, songmeanings.com. Okay. I don't even know who this person is, but he's like, I think this song is about D-Day in, what? Nor- oh. in Normandy. It goes line for line, breaking oh. it down. For instance, and I'll just do a couple of them. You know, in the middle of the night, there's an old man treading around in the gathering rain. Eisenhower, before the night of the invasion, decided to put it off for a day because of the hard, bad weather. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, mister, if you're going to walk on water, could you drop a line my way? Many of the U.S. soldiers couldn't swim. <laughs> mm. Omaha, Omaha Beach. Yeah. Right. Um, somewhere in middle America. Eh, we'll, we'll forget about that. Yeah. You know, I think you better turn your ticket in and get your money back out the door. So many of the soldiers were signing up for something they weren't going to come back from. That is really reaching. But it also speaks to Adam Duritz's ability to tell a story about something. And you're going to take a story from it. You're going to figure out somehow it relates to something. I would say he doesn't tell a story as much as he poetically describe something yes isn't that what a story a, isn't that what a story is he's not giving a narrative sure and so true. people draw a story out of it but right i right. think it's rare that he tells a story aside from like mr, mr. Jones. jones i mean do you know kind of what he wrote the song about no he heard rem do a cover of omaha by moby grape he liked the way omaha sounded the sound of saying the word he was born in baltimore his family moved to el paso then he ended up in berkeley and so he was used to traveling the country and he thought oh i've passed this place a lot of times it's mm-hmm. right in the middle of america so that was kind of the basis of the song but then again it's all it's about him yeah everything's yeah. about him. everything this whole album is about him me 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 <laughs> out about him out whole selfish durance back to your point about round here sounding so different on the album from mm-hmm. what it started the production being t-boom burnett mm-hmm. obviously had a lot to do with that In 1993, he's not the T-Bone Burnett who Mm -hmm. did Oh Brother or Mm -hmm. the new Basement Tapes or, you know, all the other stuff. You know, between Adam and T-Bone figuring out that this is the way these songs need to sound, Mm -hmm. I think they did an amazing job. Has that sparse feel. Yeah. And if he's an R.E.M. fan, this is coming after. On the hills of Out of Time. time. Which, interestingly, on Rolling Stone's top 100 albums of the 90s, August and everything after is number 64. 
Number 65 is out of time. Oh, <laughs> really? wow. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. But there's a clear inspiration. <laughs> yeah. From, oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That softer feel that we talked about on the Hootie and the Blowfish epipod. There was an appeal there yeah. for that. There's so much noise and angst and everything going on. And, and this is angsty, but it's not hitting you in the face with distortion and yeah. drums and loud noises. All right, next song. Maybe you've heard of it. song where he's kind of telling this somewhat narrative story mm-hmm. on the sort of surface it's the desire to be noticed the need to have the spotlight on you but then again i remember so many people trying to interpret who's mr jones yeah yeah who's mr jones to you who did you imagine in your head the use of the term mr made me think it was an older person me too yeah. i always thought of him as this yeah. like older sage type like the old guy in arrested development Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's who yeah. it was. They came and played Walnut Creek Amphitheater probably about the time this was a big hit. I didn't go see him, but Charity went. And then when they get to Mr. Jones, they did like a slow acoustic version of it. Yeah. They were like, it was awful. Like, I mean, because you're expecting this. Yeah. I read more about you know, Adam Duritz. He's got a disassociation issue. Like, he has very limited memory. It's a mental health thing. You haven't seen them in concert. You, you realize, like, oh, he's not just mixing up lyrics to be artsy. And because uh, oh, we're not going to do it that way anymore because we're tired of the hit. I only saw him once time in concert, and that was that was enough for me because he's very interpretive, which is great to be able to just have your songs evolve. But kind of like Charity, I'm sure when you come with an expectation of, oh, this is the song that and I song love. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's ingrained in everyone's Yeah, I don't conscience. know that he's ever performed the same song twice. Did you find out who Mr. Jones is? Marty Jones. He was the bass player for the Himalayans. Mm-hmm. Which is funny that we're like, who's Mr. Jones? <laughs> yeah. Marty's like, how did you not figure that out? But pre-internet. But he said he wrote this. Uh, they were at a bar. Marty Jones' dad was a flamenco guitar player. Mm-hmm. American, but very famous in Spain. And they were at a club watching him. And they look over in the corner. Chris Isaac's 
drummer, mm-hmm. Chris mm-hmm. Isaac, also a Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Huge at that time. Is sitting over there with like three girls talking to him. And Adam's like, maybe if we're famous, maybe mm-hmm. if we're rock stars, it'll be easier to talk to girls. We'll just have everything we want if we mm-hmm. could just be famous. Even in this happy poppy song, there's a little bit of melancholy. It's like, he can only be so happy. Yeah, there's an edge in the optimism. Watching the uh, McCartney 321 with Rick Rubin, and he's talking about the yin and the yang that Paul McCartney and John Lennon had. And he's talking about the song, Getting Better. Mm-hmm. And McCartney sings, I have to believe it's getting better, to which Lennon goes, it can't get much worse. Yeah. Even in this light, mostly happy song, there's an element of darkness or doubt. I like that, you know, he's talking about wanting to be famous, wanting to be a rock star, and he says, I want to be Bob Dylan. Yeah. I thought that was cool that he chose Bob Dylan. Like he didn't say, I want to be Mick Jagger. He's a songwriter and that's what he does. And that's what, that's how he expresses himself. So I thought it was kind of cool that he chose Dylan versus like a rock star. I think it's neat that he chose Dylan also. Cause at that time it wasn't cool to choose Dylan. His eighties period was embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. And so it wasn't like everybody's in on Dylan. Like if you say that now, it's like, Oh yeah, of course. There was that time where Johnny Cash wasn't really cool anymore. Right. Also 80s. Himself. Yeah. 80s yeah that's right. Hard on everyone. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I think it's worth mentioning that I think him saying, I want to be Bob Dylan, that probably a point when Bob Dylan said, I want to be like Adam Duritz because Bob knew that Adam was better. Uh, we may have to verify <laughs> that quote from our Bob Dylan expert, Dwayne Davis. Check with him. Yeah, yeah, check but him. I'm pretty sure that that's what he told me. Yeah, that sounds right. He would I totally read, agree. I read that somewhere. I apologize to Dwayne's family because he's screaming and hitting the steering wheel right now. Like anybody listens to this with their family. Yeah, right. Come on, kids. Hop in the hey, car. I'm taking you to school. Yeah. We know what we can do every morning. <laughs> All right. What's next? Can we just mention something about Perfect Blue Buildings? Again, one of my favorite songs on the album. Mm-hmm. But I always thought it was interesting. If you listen to the intro guitar riff on that song, to me, I hear Drive by R.E.M. Just down the street from your hotel, baby. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a good connection. I never made that connection. Yeah. Wow, that drum beat, sparse bass. All right, next is Anna Begins. Make yourself forget To make you 
yourself forget I am not worried if it's love She said Then we're gonna have to think about the consequences Cause she can't stop shaking And I can't stop touching her in this time When kindness falls like rain It washes her away And Anna begins to change her mind when I'm shaking Leave me shuddering for days He says And I'm not ready for this sort of thing But I'm not gone So good I love this song so much So good. Every mixtape <laughs> Every mixtape you know, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of minor key verse And then that, that chorus for that Because they hold that tension for so oh, yeah. long yeah. Yeah, because you think, you think they're getting ready to go into yeah. the chorus. And, nope. Playing minor. Everything's sparse, yeah. right? Yeah. And then when they hit that chorus, man, they go all in. That Hammond comes up, yeah. and it's mm. got the tremolo on it. There's yeah. a piano in your left ear that's very bright. It's like they go all in on the major chord, and everything that sounds major, every instrument that yeah. sounds major, that's the production of T-Bone on this one. Like, you got to hand it to them. They hold that tension so well. And then when it, it's such a release when they get there. That's such a great song. Did it work on mixtapes? <laughs> no, I mean, it's not freak me. <laughs> but it was all right. It did all right. Yeah. I did okay. Yeah, and you don't lead with this song, man. You well, got, it's a perfect track yeah. five. Track five yeah, on the album. It's yeah. a perfect track five on the mixtape. <laughs> That's right. There are some artists, you read their lyrics, and back then it meant something. I'm looking at you, Dave Matthews. <laughs> and now it's kind of cringy. Yeah. But I don't feel that way. He's no. a poet, man. Yeah. The dude's a it, songwriter, poet. It could have been written at any time. If this album came out today, I'm sure I'd love it, but probably not as much as I loved it mm -hmm. when I was 16, 17. You've talked about that before. Just the timing of the album in my life was... And to be able to listen to it for so long and to love it as much right now as I did back then... I mean, it's just so good. This song is amazing. Man, it captures that teenage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, love back then was something that was mysterious. Yeah. Should I say it? Should I not? Mm -hmm. Like, you know what it means now. Right. Troy, what is this? How did he get to this song? So he was in Europe, I think, backpacking with a buddy. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Dude, that is dreads and the hostels. What mountain was yeah. that? They were uh, <laughs> but uh, I think he was in Greece. With his rain stick. <laughs> I think they were in Greece, and he met this girl, Anna. She was from Australia. Okay. He's struggling with, like, this is just temporary. I can't fall in love with this girl. Right. So the mm -hmm. whole song is him struggling with, like, I've seen this before. This is not something I'm getting permanent. And then when he comes around to it, it's like, oh, I really did love her. I, mm -hmm. I, well, he gave into it. He did give into it, yeah. yeah. Then at the end, Anna begins to fade away. Yeah. Maybe when he got back home, that started to happen? I, I don't know disappears. completely. Yeah. At the end of their time together, he's probably realizing that he does love her and it almost feels too late now that's yeah. love man yeah that's love he it's can't stop touching her she can't stop shaking <laughs> what is cool about it is yeah he gives her a name and a lot of the girls in the song he gives a name so a lot of them are like real people this is obviously a real person but this anna could be in your anna or anybody mm -hmm. else's anna i grew up at the beach so like people came into town in the yeah. summertime yeah. and that was a temporary thing you know summer loving so, so fast. <laughs> that's right yeah so you can totally relate to experiencing that and realizing like what's going to come of this this can't be a permanent thing even if I want it to be. I wonder if Anna sorry. walks around Australia being like, hi, I'm Anna. And they're like, yeah. She's like, Anna begins. I have begun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the picture that like, you know, he's 
falling for this girl and his, mm-hmm. his buddy is like bruh we gotta hit the ferry to Amsterdam yeah don't forget your hacky sack <laughs> he's standing on the ferry it's moving across he's eyes locked with her he just turns the rain stick over <laughs> falls down yep alright next song speaking of rain sticks yeah <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Let's talk about ranking. What do you have to say about ranking? That's the one part on the album I skip through every time. <laughs> really? That, is? that cringy yell at the I end. The oh, yeah. God, it gets me to my soul. This is this is probably my favorite song. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. I'm gonna talk through it. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Was, <laughs> accident. This song was kind of the unofficial song of my group of friends. Oh, we cool. would listen to it all the time. There's a great band from Charleston, South Carolina called the Blue Dogs. Yep. They do a cover okay. of Rain King and we would listen to that all the time. We'd see them anytime they were around. One time was at our wedding. They yes. played our wedding yeah. and nice. I played the song with them. Yeah. Two dreams came true that day. <laughs> That's cool. Married my wife and got to play on stage with a great band. You do love this song. I love this song. <laughs> I don't what like the it? cringy yell at the end. Oh, did you do the yeah at the end of the? Yeah. No, we did not. No. Oh, that was no. I think this is his best vocal performance yeah. on the album. Like oh. the way he does some of the the melodies with his voice on this are just incredible. The one time I saw them, he was a little rough, you know, mm-hmm. as we talked about, which is fine. But the band was just incredible. Yes, he writes all these songs, but the band is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, Recovering the Satellites is my favorite Counting Crows album. The musicianship on that album is mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. That's one of my favorite guitar albums. The tone, yeah. the playing, and that features the band a lot more. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's not the same production. Right. That's uh, definitely an underrated album. I think if I heard that one before I heard this one, but I just feel like everything since this album, I always compare back to this mm-hmm. album. Uh, but that is a great album. He actually mentions Rain King on that album, too, in Goodnight Elizabeth. The other thing that I always love when bands do this is there's, it's like there's an extra beat in the drum. Like they hold it out. You're doing little air drums uh-huh. with your fingers yeah. on the steering wheel, and you're, you're going to do that all day with that song. Yeah. 
Speaking of drums, mm-hmm. that's my biggest critique of T-Bone's production. The snare on this album is so weak to me. It's very early 90s, but it's too far back. It flaps at times. Mm-hmm. Not every song, mm-hmm. most songs. Yeah. The snare to me sounds so flat. What's an example in your, in your mind? It's so small. Listen to how loud the guitars are. Yeah. And that bass is fine. It's that, like, yeah. yeah it's, I've never thought about it being, yeah, it's... it's And, and kind of weak. Yeah. It's just That's a good weak. point. There's another one. Hang on oh, yeah. Where yeah. is it? Yeah. And we've got headphones on. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I just love... I, I like the drummer. I like, you know, I like this guy's It needs drummer. to be more crisp, more but, yeah, prominent. It's more up yeah. front. Yeah. Mushy. Yeah. Said the drummer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Turn it up, T-Bone. <laughs> okay. Uh, the band. Robbie so, Robertson. So, on Helm. Oh, I thought you guys were yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for listening. It was a quiz. I try and do this a lot, Troy. I just throw bands out and quiz Matt. He's good. Getting them ready. David Bryson is the main guy. Yeah. He started, started the band out with, with them too, basically. Him yeah. And he uh, was a student of... Joe Satriani. Oh. Shines through in oh, everything they do. Finger tapping. <laughs> in oh, a man. coffee house. <laughs> Adam Duritz. And they just are shredding. Just <laughs> it. Yeah. I wonder if Joe Satriani's like, I'm so disappointed in you. You could have done so much more. Wasting yourself. All right. All right. Tough to skip some of these songs, Solo and Street. Yeah, that's a great uh, song. And Raining in Baltimore, even. I will say this about Raining in Baltimore. My freshman year, I go away to college at Towson University, mm-hmm. which is near yeah. Baltimore. Yeah. And my girlfriend's back home. And All the fields. Towson's a commuter school, and I didn't know that when I went there. Do your research, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Transferred after that year. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine a mopey 18-year-old walking around with headphones when it's raining. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I need a phone call. Just the worst. Oh, I was God. such a dork. <laughs> Apologize to myself. <laughs> anyway, last song we're going to cover is The Murder of One. to it this week because it hit me that you know when that song starts it goes into that default drum beat yeah. that we always talk about yeah like, funky drummer <laughs> which <laughs> listeners that's the beat that matt 
if he sits down at the drum kit. Yep. The beat. Yeah, that's the beat. Yeah. yeah. No matter what. Yeah. Adam Dirt said that that's why the record executives wanted that because it he called it the Jesus Jones beat. Yeah, it was like they wanted that, but they they said it was too long. I had to cut it down. I wasn't going to do it. Great closer. Yeah, it's perfect. I mean, I hear this album kind of like a set list, like seeing them before they're huge in a club or in a bar, and then they close it out on this and just rock it out. Really good. Do you know what a murder of one means, Troy? Yes. A murder of crows, of course, Mm. is a group of crows. Of course. Everyone knows that. I think this was inspired by an English, I don't know if it was a nursery rhyme or some sort of rhyme, about counting magpies or blackbirds or something one for sorrow two for joy three for crows and four for boys five for silver six for gold seven for secret never to be told i think what he's talking about is just what are you going to do to change your life he's kind of talking to this girl is your life just what other people are telling you it's going to be or are you going to do something to change what you do about it Particularly, it sounds like this relationship. And it ends, the album ends with change, change, change. Yeah. Like the last words are change, change, which, But he's yeah. imploring her. I never noticed this. These are the lyrics, but when I read them this way, open up your eyes, you can see the flames of your wasted life. You should be ashamed. Yeah. But I'm always just like, uh, flames, 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 you know, <laughs> of your wasted life. Yeah. But yeah, he's really imploring her. Yeah, like, wake up and do something. Come on, Maria. Come on, Anna. Well, Mr. Jones is over in the corner with like three All the women. chicks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Yeah. Courtney Cox. Yeah. Talk about that. How on earth did he date friends? He dated two of the friends. Yeah. It's these words, man. The words and the dreadlocks. You would think that that would be a turnoff, but the maybe there was something to it. He kept them for so long until yeah. recently. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant the girlfriends. Like, <laughs> no, really? no, no. They're still together? No, they can't go. No. Both of them? Wow. I looked up that old superstition. And so the idea is that the number of magpies seen tells you if it's good or bad. So it's bad if you only see one, yes, if right. you see two. So it gets better okay. yeah, the more magpies you see. The first version was one for sorrow, two for mirth, mirth. Mm. three for a funeral, oh, four got... for birth. Okay. But I was like, funeral is mm. better than mirth? Mirth? I'll take <laughs> the mirth. The next version that was recorded about 100 years later, one for sorrow, two for mirth, three for funeral, four for birth, five for heaven. Okay. Six for hell. Okay. How's that get better? Seven for the devil, his own self. If you see two, go home. Yeah. 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 There's a cut out on two. <laughs> out End on your day on two. Please. Yeah. <laughs> so did the name of the band come before this song? Yeah, they mention in this song at the end of the album their mm-hmm. own name. Yeah. Which no one has ever done it more famously than Big Country with the song In a Big Country, big country. on the yeah. album mm-hmm. In a Big Country. Big country. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so listeners, we like to... Close out our epipods by deciding if you had to remove a song, which one would it be? Troy, he's going to slap you with his dreadlocks <laughs> if you don't take a song off. So if you had to, which one would it be? Well, if I just had to take something off, I would take that cringy yell at, <laughs> at the end of ranking. Oh, there it is. They kind of did that for us in a way. August and Everything After was a song that they wrote. Mm-hmm. The album cover is handwritten lyrics to that song, and they decided not to use it. So it didn't make it, but of the songs that did make it on it, I'd probably leave off Ghost Train. Took the cannonball down to the ocean. Watched the diesel disappear beneath the tumbling waves. Love is a ghost train howling on the rain. 
I think on another album, it's probably a good song. It's not a bad song, but when I put it next to all of these that are on there, it kind of gets jam bandy halfway through it. That one feels different than all the rest of them as a group, and so that's the one I would leave off. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Uh, Anna Begins. What? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, uh, actually, mine was Ghost Train, too. It, it would be the one, like, if, if you were going to see them in concert and they did this as a set list, that'd be where I'd go get another beer. What about you, Matt? In the words of guest Whitney Chambers, we got a hat trick, folks. Sweet. Oh, nice. I would take off this one as well. Yeah. Okay, so, listeners, we've got a new segment introduced for season five, and that is your senior quote. Senior year, high school yearbook, you know, you've got your picture, you're in your tux or your dress, and beneath it is something that people will always remember years later when they open up that yearbook. This is going to represent you in that time. So what would it be? Troy, let's start with you. Oh, this is cool. After all the dreaming, I come home again. Oh, it's the last line of the bridge in ranking. That's good. That is good. Yeah. I won't feel like a butt. That's yours? Man, that's actually heartfelt and good. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of it from the point of view of angsty, bashful, unsure, unconfident high school senior. Okay. Somewhat cynical, probably thinking you're moving on from this phase of life and you want to get out as yeah. fast as you can. And so I would take it from around here. Around here, we're carving out our names. Around here, we all look the same. Yeah. That's you know, a that, very that, senior year yeah. high school. Almost quote. like a flipping off everyone you just went to high school with. You know, I'm out of here. Yeah. What about you, Matt? I graduated in 1994 at the height of this Oof. album and yeah. of this song. So I would have just said, Mr. Jones and me, we're going to be big stars. Because there's good. always that future looking. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> nice one. So Counting Crows, 20 million albums sold. It's pretty good. How, how many of this? Seven? Seven, I think, of this one. Not a flash in the pan. No. no. Recovering no. the Satellites, I love. The Shrek song. They did that awful cover of that awful song. Uh, parking Lot? Yeah. Uh, Gosh, oh, that's that terrible. Song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joni Mitchell song. Troy, first of all, thanks again for being with us. It's been fun having you with us again, and uh, hopefully won't wait too long between the next times. Yeah, this album, I just love it. So you guys invite me to talk about it with you. I really appreciate it so much. Oh. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for doing it. Are you, are you listening right now? And thanks uh, to all the Finest Work fans for listening. Um, as always, you can engage with us on social media at Finest Work Songs. And also be sure to send us emails, finestworksongs at gmail.com. Who knows? Maybe we'll read yours as a part of a future Kenny Gmail segment. Just night. <laughs> night. That's for you, Troy. One more time. All right. Since we didn't get to cover all the songs, Troy, I know you wanted to cover Sullivan Street, so everyone, we'll see you next time. Take the way home that leads back to Sullivan Street. Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio. And you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music.
Oh, there it is.